the People Make Things podcast, a behind-the-scenes look at the modern entertainment industry. I'm your host, Christopher Natsume. The internet knows me as Nine Squirrels. So I was talking earlier, I was finishing up an interview with Gwen Guo, who runs a sound studio in Singapore. And part of the interview, we were discussing issues that she has with anxieties, particularly speaking in public. And it was funny because I, I actually share a lot of her issues. And I know a lot of people see me and they think, well, Chris isn't a guy that, that's scared to talk in public. He talks all the time. He does a, you know, he live streams. He does a podcast. This is a person who's really comfortable speaking. I I do my best with it, but I actually also share with her uh, a certain level of anxiety when I'm speaking in public. Uh, but my anxiety comes from, a I, I guess, a slightly different place. And it's something that I don't I don't usually tell a lot of people, but it's something that people who are close to me know, and that is I I actually suffer from IBS, and I, a lot of you know what that is. For the few of you who don't, IBS is a condition called irritable bowel syndrome, and it is a a condition that is triggered by stress that makes you need to go to the bathroom right the fuck now, and it, it's not like you know oh my stomach is a little upset or something like that. It is. My bowels are about to erupt, and if I'm not sitting on something made of porcelain, it's going to be bad. That That's a thing that I actually live with, and I've, I've actually had this condition for many, many years. I've had it since I was 18 years old, in fact, is the, the first time I can I can remember it being an issue, and I've, I've lived with it ever since then. And this is, this is a, a, it's a real thing. It's a medical condition. There's lots of people that have it. Um, depending on who you talk to, something like uh, 10% of most people have some level of IBS. Sometimes it's quite light, sometimes it's quite strong. On the, the sort of soft end of the spectrum, it's people who, you know, their tummy gets a little upset when they're really stressed. On the hard end of the spectrum, it's people who literally can't leave the house and they become shut in because they're they're constantly in pain and they're constantly dealing with this. I sit somewhere in the middle it's it's something that's bearable. It's something that I live with. But every now and then, it is uh, it's bad. It's really really bad, and it, and it affects my life a great deal. It affects the kind of choices I can make. It affects where I go and what I do. And one of the sort of cruel ironies of having this situation is one of the things that will induce the most amount of stress is being in a place that there is no bathroom. So here you are, and you're thinking, oh, there's no bathroom. Oh, now I'm stressed. Oh, now I need a bathroom. And and that that's a, that cycle is a it's a it's a torturous cycle, and it, it actually defines a lot of where I can go and what I can do and how I behave in certain places. Those of you who know me know that I travel uh, a lot. I travel over a hundred thousand miles every year, going to game conventions, going to visit my team in different countries. The people who know Booms App know that a lot of my team lives in places that are, uh, as I put it, not toilet rich environments. Uh, cities like Manila and Jakarta and Kuala Lumpur, places where when you need to go to the bathroom, sometimes you're just shit out of luck, so to speak. And so many times when I go to these places, I have to starve myself. I have to not eat because if there's nothing in the stomach, there's nothing coming out. And a lot of people say, oh, wow, Chris, how are you so fat? I, when I see you, you almost never eat anything. Yeah, I don't eat anything because you live in a country that doesn't have toilets. You know, it's, it's a going joke 
in the Philippines that I've never left Makati. You know, oh my God, Chris never leaves the 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 hotel. Well, that's because you want me to go, you know, somewhere out there, and and out there there's nothing but fried food and meat and fried meat and no toilets for a you know as far as the eye can see you know and i don't know how filipinos live with it but they they do it's it's a you know if you've been to manila this is not a and so they're like chris why do you always stay in a hotel and i'm like because that's where the toilets are this is a this is a thing that i deal with um and it's not something you know i, I talk about a lot i you know I, I i was in nepal and it was interesting when i was when i was hiking in nepal they have this uh tent that they bring with it the, the toilet tent and the toilet tent is a little three foot by three foot tent and, you know, it has no floor and they dig a little hole and you can poop in the hole and nobody has to see you because you're in the tent. And, you know, everybody's using the toilet tent, but very quickly on that, that trek, it was clear that I was using that toilet tent far more heavily than the rest of the people on that tour. And it became sort of a joke on that tour that that was Chris's tent. And we, we knew that every time it got put up, hey, where are we going to put Chris's tent? And that was, you know, it was it's funny. I have a good sense of humor about the whole thing. But it's it's not always that funny. Uh, sometimes uh, it can really influence what I can or can't do. Uh, we were climbing Mount Rainier. This is something that I I've tried to do uh, three or four times now. I forget. I, I've I've I think I've attempted that mountain three times, and I've I've never summited it. And one of the challenges, not the only challenge I faced, but one of the challenges I've faced in climbing Mount Rainier, is once you get past base camp, where the last toilet is. If you'd like to crap, they have a little blue bag, and you get to crap in that little blue bag, and you get to put that in your backpack, and you get to take that back down the mountain with you. And that that alone is something that will kind of turn you off the idea of crapping up there. But worse yet, if you get above base camp, you're actually on a rope with a bunch of other people, and you're in a treeless, featureless expanse of snow. And if you got to drop trowel and poop, well, you're going to do that while you're actually attached to two other people on a rope, and they're going to get to witness you do that in a little bag while you seal that up and put it in your pack and carry it back down. And and because that experience doesn't seem like anything I'm particularly excited to do, I, I am tempted to not eat very much when I go on these, these mountain climbing expeditions. And well, anyone who climbs mountains will tell you the number one thing you have to do when you climb mountains is you have to eat because you need the calories for the energy. And I tend to get very tired when I hike because I'm not in a toilet rich environment. This is a thing that I deal with, right? I'll tell you another story. I was in Berlin very recently uh, at the game convention in Berlin, and I went out with one of my publishers, and we went out and we had some sausages and some beer and a very polite, not polite, pleasant. I wanted to say pleasant, a very pleasant. I guess we were polite. We were also we were. It was both pleasant and polite. We were polite to each other. We were pleasant. We drank beer and we ate sausages. That thing happened. And afterwards, we went across the street to the big convention party, and. It was like all the other big convention parties with the really loud, you know, European <laughs> music and the the you know the smoke and the all the the oh my god, why do Europeans wear so much cologne? You walk in and you're just like, ah, oh, it smells like a like a airport duty free shop filled with smoke in here. It's terrible, and so uh, just the the reek of of damp leather jackets and and. Uh, awful cologne and and smoke and spilled beer and and you're just like ah, i hate everything about this and you're sitting on a couch and suddenly that sausage wanted out 
right? And there was no stopping it, right? That sausage was coming whether I liked it or not. So I run down the stairs to where the bathroom was up the stairs. I went to wherever the bathrooms were. And of course, you have to fight your way through the crowds. And everyone's like, why is this guy being a dick? Why is he pushing through? Because I'm about to shit on your shoes. That's why I'm pushing past you right now. And you got to chill. So I'm pushing through all the different people. And I get there. And of course, there's only like three or four stalls. And when you get to those three or four stalls, there's a big line of people waiting for those stalls. And I'm sitting there. I'm rocking back and forth like like I'm in Rain Man or something. I'm just like, oh my God, I got to go. I got to go. And then, of course, you, you're trying to be cool about it because there ain't nothing cool about almost crapping your pants. And people are kind of looking at me a little weird. And these aren't strangers, right? This isn't this isn't some place where I can just be like, yo, whatever happens, man, I, I don't have to see these people again. These are people in my industry. These are people that are going to come see me talk tomorrow. That This is like, you know, this is in front of people that, that I have to, you know, at least pretend to give a shit about, you know, and I'm sitting there and I'm, and, and we're not talking about, you know, oh, a little bit or I, I feel bad. I mean, I'm literally turtle heading. I mean, that thing is coming right up now, whether I like it or not. Finally, I get in a stall and I just, I explode. I destroy this poor Berlin toilet. There's nothing to express the the relief and the the just the pure visceral pleasure of not shitting yourself in front of literally thousands of people. That is that it is hard to beat that as a as a feeling. But that's a thing I went through. And there was there was a period. There was actually a period there where I'm standing in that line that I thought to myself, maybe Maybe I can go find an alley to shit in. Maybe I can go find another restaurant down the street. What what can I do? How can I make this happen? And I know that I seem like I'm blowing this out of proportion, but this is something that I literally deal with every single day of my life and has been something I've dealt with every single day of my life since I was a teenager. And, you know, there's been people who, who tell me, you know, hey, Chris, this is this is all in your head. You know, this is a you know, this is, you know, based on stress. If you could you don't fucking know. Don't you tell me what's in my head or what's not in my head. If you if you think that there's some medicine I haven't tried, if you think there's some technique I haven't tried there. But the one thing that really gets to me is there's probably a couple people out there right now listening to this podcast thinking if you haven't left already thinking to yourself. This isn't polite conversation, Chris. This isn't the sort of thing that we do podcasts about. I don't, I don't want to hear about your... Fuck you! Fuck you! This is my life. This is what I deal with. If I had asthma and I whipped out my little asthma breather, nobody would be like, dude, I don't want to see that asthma breather. Don't talk about your lungs in front of me. If I if I came walking into a game convention with a, with a busted up leg and a crutch, nobody would say, hey, gimp boy, get that crutch where I don't want to, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see your, your gimpy leg. That's, I don't want to think about that. This is, this is real. This is life for me. This is something I have to deal with. And I, I would trade it for so many other illnesses. You know, I was talking to Gwen about this and Gwen was saying, yeah, it's really bad. Sometimes I just have to puke. And, and I thought, you know, you know, Gwen, I, I, I feel you and that's really bad, but I would trade you this for puking any day of the week. Cause you know what? You got options when you're going to puke. You need, you need to puke somewhere. You got, you got trash cans. You got, I've seen people puke just like bam, right in the side of the road. I've seen people puke behind a car. You know what? If, if I were to, if I were to puke in a, in a shrubbery, nobody would care. But you know what? If I drop trowel, you know, and hike up my butt and poop in a trash can, 
there's a really good likelihood that that shit's going on YouTube. That's going to be that's going to be on the internet tomorrow. Game developer takes crap in trash can at convention. Never works again. Shit, if I do that stuff in America, there's a chance I'm going to get put on a list somewhere. I'm never going to be able to like rent an apartment next to a school. Like it's ah! Now I know you're like, why in the world does Chris want to tell me all about his colon? This is a very odd topic to talk about in an entertainment broadcast. And, and the reason I want to bring it up is because I think about this in a grander sense. I think about Gwen and her anxiety. I think about me and my IBS. And I think, you know what? Everybody's got some shit. Everybody's got a thing, you know? And we don't know. And and the there's a lot of things that people go through. There's a lot of struggles that people go through. And I know you've you've met people and you've heard about their struggles. But there's another thing that goes on and that's the secret struggles. It's the things they can't tell you about. They can't talk to you about, but they still have to deal with you while they're dealing with their shit. I read somewhere, I can't remember how much it was, but some ungodly amount of people walking around in the streets are drinking. And you, you think of drinking is like, you know, oh, that guy's a drunk or that guy. There are people that are just like walking around, just being people every day, going through their lives. And they're, they're, they're like three or four shots in. And that's how they live their lives. And if they can't be three or four shots in, they're a guy who really wants to be three or four shots in. And he's not three or four shots in. And he's dealing with that. And and that's a you know sure it's an addiction and it's bad and we should there's people who 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 right now really really need a shot of alcohol to like calm them the hell down but they're not gonna get it because they're they're busy working at the Walmart or something like that and that guy's a kind of a douche he's kind of a dick to you but he can't tell you why he's a dick right there's people who are managing real addictions heroin addictions whatever and they're you know when we when we think the image of a guy with a heroin addiction we always think of like you know the the guy in law and order he's a bum he's like in a cinder block room somewhere with his arm tied off you know most heroin addicts actually are functional they they still show up for work they still get their shit done you probably in the last month if you live in America have interacted with a heroin addict and you just don't know it they pumped your gas or they brought you your your chicken at the olive garden they did you probably dealt with a functional heroin addict within the last 3 or 4 weeks of your life if you get out of your house very often but they don't you don't know that that's not something that you're going to find out it's not something they talk about you know and i i thought about some other stuff you know and i i went and i looked some stuff up on the internet and 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 thought about some stuff uh did you know for instance that between 30 to 50% of men between the ages of 40 and 70 suffer from some level of erectile dysfunction. Yeah, that's right. I brought up the link dick. I did. I'm going to talk about it, right? And and I know a couple of people just laughed. Wow, that's funny. Why Chris is ta- Chris is talking about dudes that can't get it up. Yeah, there's a lot of dudes out there that can't get it up. And you know, thank God they got some medicine that helps some of them, but for for a long time and even now, there are a bunch of people out there that are dealing with that. And they're not going to tell you about that. They're not going to talk to you about their you know, issues. That's a, that's a private thing, but it's a thing that they're dealing with and it affects everything that they think about where they, they get up in the morning and they think, God damn it. I dealt with this again. And now I got to go fucking deal with, ah, you know, that's a thing. That's a thing that people, I'll give you another one. I'll give you another one. It's not quite as, as amusing as the erectile dysfunction one. 
I don't know if anyone here knows what endometriosis is. Probably a, a few of the women do, and, and most of the guys don't, unless they've dealt with somebody who actually has this. Endometriosis is a it's a condition that messes around with women's uh, uh, uteruses, uteri, u- uteruses. I, I don't know what the plural of uterus is, and I'm okay with that. Anyway. It's a, it's a thing where the uterine wall gets all weird, and it, it, it's complicated, but the, the end effect is uh, they have really strong, irregular, unpleasant periods. They have really bad cramping pains. It affects their sexual function. It, it, it's a very bad thing, and, I, and it's, it's, again, something that you probably don't know a lot about it because you haven't, you haven't had to deal with it, and you don't know what it's like, and the person... That that has it is not somebody who can who can tell you you know hey I've got this really weird condition with my uterus and I want to talk to you. Well, women don't really want to talk to you about their uterus. But guess what? I, I looked this up. Somewhere between six to ten percent of women of reproductive age have some level of endometriosis. Again, some worse, some better. But at at six to ten percent, uh, you know somebody who has this. You don't know that you know somebody who has this, but you know somebody who's dealing with this. This thing, this secret pain that they can't talk about, that they can't tell you about, that affects every day their pain and, you know, today's a good day or a bad day. They don't know, right? 60% of the adult population will experience some type of gastroesophageal reflux disease. It's called GERD or G-E-R-D within a 12-month period. So, what the hell is that? It's it's really, really bad heartburn, right? Something like 60% of the adult population will have heartburn. I mean, that's not it's not a huge thing. You're like, dude, that's just heartburn. Yeah, but the guy that you're dealing with right now, he's in pain. And and nine times out of ten, he's a he's a he's a, he's your waiter or he's the, the guy working at the checkout at the target, and he doesn't really have the time to explain to you, hey, I've got you know, I've got GERD and I'm really having a bad day with it today and I'm kind of in pain. He's just kind of a dick to you when you want to run your credit card and, and you do it wrong. And you're like, Why is that guy such a dick? He's not actually a dick, he's in pain. But it's a secret pain. It's something that, that people don't talk about, right? And now we're just talking about bodies. What about all of the things that you have going on in your life that you can't talk about? How many people have a, a grandmother who's sick, has a has a father who's dealing with a stroke? How about people who, who in the middle of a fight with their significant other, they just woke up this morning and had a big knockdown, drag-out fight with their wife again about this shit that they just can't resolve? How many people are dealing with a ugly divorce and trying to figure out whether or not they get custody of their kids this week and blah, blah, blah. There's all kinds of shit that goes on in people's lives that they're not telling you about. People that work for you, people that work with you, people who are serving you your stuff at a restaurant, people who are pumping your gas, people who, who are, uh, you know, uh, that you interact with on a daily basis. The guy who is a dick to you on the escalator. You're not important to that guy. He's got a whole story going on in his life about all the shit that's going on. I'll finish this with a really staggering statistic that everyone in the world should know if they don't know it already. One in five women, by some estimates... One in five women have been raped or assaulted at some point in their lives. One in five, right? How many women do you know? I promise you it's more than five, right? The odds are that every single person listening to this knows not one, but multiple women who have been raped or assaulted, have dealt with this sort of thing at some level at some point in their lives. 
And how much do you think they want to talk about that? How much do you think they want to share that pain with you? Does that pain affect their lives? Absolutely it does. It's something that they have to deal with. Does that pain go away immediately just because they've got some shit to do? No, it doesn't. They still have to show up for work. They still have to do their shit, but they have to deal with this in their head. And, you know, if if any reasonable number of people listen to this podcast, a reasonable percentage of them have actually dealt with this issue. And most of the people in their lives probably don't know fuck all about it. And I know that's a that's a hard way to end this. And I, I want to just be very clear. I am totally not comparing my gastrointestinal discomfort to being raped. That's not where I'm going with this. And I know someone somewhere is going to, God, I've been through this before. The internet's going to get a hold of this podcast. Game developer says his stomach pain is just like being raped. That's not where I'm going with this for fuck's sake. But what I am saying is that everyone in your life is dealing with some shit, whether it's my little bullshit of, you know, every now and then I got to poop or whether it's somebody who's dealing with Uh, something going on in their life right now that you don't know about or whether it's somebody who's dealing with the post-traumatic stress disorder of having been through some really terrible shit there's all kinds of levels of something you don't know about in everybody's life and and while sometimes we can help ourselves by sharing some of our secret pains with people and letting people know, hey, I'm I'm anxious right now or I'm upset right now. It's hopelessly naive to think that, you know, at the upper end of this spectrum, we can walk around and, you know, let everyone know, hey, by the way, everyone, I, I'm a rape survivor and uh, let me, you know, dump that into every conversation. That's not something we can do. But what we can do is we can be the person on the other side of it and we can be the person who stops for a little bit and says, you know what, this guy's being a douche to me, and and maybe there's a reason for it. Maybe this guy is dealing with some shit. Maybe this, this, this person I'm dealing with, maybe she's had to fucking, you know, choke down some shit that I don't even know about, that I, don't, I can't even imagine. The, maybe there's a story behind this, and maybe instead of just automatically assuming that people that behave in a way that we're not comfortable with, the guy that's running through the conference party and pushing me out of the way and maybe spilling my beer. Maybe he's not doing that because he's a dick. Maybe there's some shit going on. And I I mean that pun. You know, I, I, I intentionally use the word shit there. I hope you guys caught that uh, innuendo. It's not, I guess I've ruined the innuendo now by explaining it, but you guys see what I mean. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. I don't know if that's useful, but it's where my head was at. And on that note, I'm going to leave this uh, podcast where it is. If you're into this, if you want more stories about my colon, or if you would like to tell me to stop talking about my colon, or wherever you want to go with that, uh, come check us out on our Discord. Come check out uh, more of our podcasts, wherever you found this podcast. There's a whole bunch more. There's interviews. There's monologues. There's all kinds of good stuff. Check it out. If you're into it, please let your friends know. Please put stuff up. You know, make a big deal about it. And, uh, yeah, let's keep this thing going. We'll see you on the next episode.